What is going on, everybody? Thanks for joining one of the first editions of the Showing Up with Edward Terrace podcast. My man, close friend, mixed martial arts fighter, is going to be fighting December 15th at Joe's Live in Rosemont at Fight Card Entertainment. Uh, second mixed martial arts fight, we talk all about MMA, wrestling, and just him showing up every day, putting the work in. So please welcome Tyler, possibly Funky Jones. You're listening to Showing Up with Edward Terrace, a podcast where I interview others about their own businesses, lives, or specific endeavors, along with sharing my day-to-day lessons in my own pursuits. All right, and we're live with Tyler Jones. Are you going by Tyler Bones Jones? You still going by that? T-Bone for now, but I think we are, uh, we're changing it to Funky or Funky Bones, just because... Solely based off of my gym, my gym attire, um, it's been requested that I change it to something with funky in it. What's like, uh, you know, I was looking at your videos. I seen you, at one point you had like this headband on. I'm yeah. assuming you have these like outrageous rash guards and stuff. Yes, outrageous rash guards. Everything animal print, zebra, cheetah, um, a lot of tie-dye. You know, I like, to, yeah, I like to keep it sexy in there. Yeah, you, gotta... mm. you know what I love too is you got a microphone, man. You're gonna sound great on here. I know. I haven't. Uh, I haven't plugged it in in a while. That's and also let's address the elephant in the room. These are pink headphones. We're just throwing it out there, and and that's it. There's no debate about it. They are pink. They are pink. They're pink. <laughs> I thought they were red. Oh well, then scratch that audio clip. They're red. No, no editing. <laughs> too much time, dude. Way too much freaking time on that shit. Oh man. Yeah, I couldn't even like people ask me too when they're on the podcast, they'll be like, "Oh well, um, I'm assuming you take a lot of time for editing." Zero, zero time. I put an intro, I put in my my little plugs, and then we throw that shit on there. I think I think editing it takes away from um, the realism of the conversation. Like if you're jumping around, it just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, and I almost like the pressure of. I've I've learned better to pause when I'm talking. Right. Because I'll ask questions and then I'll keep freaking talking. And I'm okay. like, damn it. Why don't I I'll like listen up, you know, listen to yourself talking like, yeah. oh, that was hideous. That was absolutely hideous. Right. Just learn to shut up. And you find your um your little like your tick in the conversation that you say all the fucking time when <laughs> someone else is talking. It's oh it's infuriating. But you Stop learn it, that you quick. idiot. Yeah, you learn so quick, right? You hear it like twice, and you're like, oh, no. I said this for an hour and a half straight. This is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was literally just listening to one of my podcasts from last week, and I almost cringe listening to certain things because you don't think you sound like that. Right, right. Yeah, it's tough because you're like, when are you ever talking out loud for an hour or 30 minutes and then you get to review it <laughs> mm-hmm. never, you're never in a situation for that to happen dude have you done five rounds in a in a, in a bit no, no no i i haven't i want to get back on it it's just dude it's so tough man like training camp ugh, it's been it's been like high energy high pace you know i was working the nine to five job and then you know, you go, maybe I go home for dinner. Sometimes I don't go home for dinner and just straight to the gym. And then I'm not home until like 10 o'clock. 
Yeah, quick, quick note. He was doing um, had this one. I don't know if it was podcast or how you had it, but it was five rounds. You had f- basically picked five topics, and uh, kind of ran it like a podcast. You, you think you'll do that in the future, or like you'll yeah. just focus on fighting? I think I'll probably get back into it because it is such like a it's such a digestible idea and like such it's like an easy show that you can it's you know it's six minutes long on YouTube you know five five minute rounds of just talking MMA or not six what the fuck am I talking about six minutes long um, twenty five minutes long but still it's so quick you know um, and and it kind of just you get your information that you need and then it's done so I think I'll probably go back to it. Um, at some point when I have a little more time, I think after this fight, I'll be taking a little time off and just trying to like sharpen some stuff up and, and maybe even move down a weight class in between. Ooh. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's, Whoa. there's some, there's some interesting stuff that could be coming my way at 55. Um, barring that, you know, on the 15th goes well. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but we're, we're kind of looking to go down to 55 and maybe get a title shot or something like that. So for that to happen, um, first, you know, you got to take care of business in two weeks, exactly two weeks from today. And then, um, you know, from there, obviously take some time and heal up and, and, uh, you know, have a little fun and then get back to it. Um, I'd like to take like a tie fight at like 160. I'd like to take some jujitsu tournaments at like 160, 170. So, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of like, if you're competing, uh, at that weight class, you'll be fine. Um, I just got to really stay active. Um, you know, the person that we might be fighting for the title shot, if that does occur, I mean, there's nothing's been set in stone. This is just like talk right now, but, um, those people, you know, the, the other contenders aren't fighting until May of 2020. So I definitely have some time because then we're looking at, you know, maybe August or, or something like that of next year. So mm. we got some time, we got some time and, and I like time. Time is good. So um, it just allows me to level up a little bit and make sure that I'm not doing this unhealthy. I do think I can d- get down to 55. I just think it's something that, you know, probably require me to jump on a plant-based diet and, and really just kind of anchor down and live like a professional. Um, so a little bit different, but I, I do think it's achievable. You say plant-based, like still plant, still having like meat and whatnot, but it's just plant-based or like plant-based? No, no, I think like plant-based, plant-based, like taking the meat out of the diet. Um, Not that I think it causes problems, but I just think that like a full plant-based diet allows me to just eat as clean as possible without really like having the option to cheat at all. You know what I mean? Because what are you trying to cut out? Because you're still going to have protein, obviously, with alternatives. Yeah, yeah. I think I just need to – I don't know, man. I think I, I've, I've been eating pretty clean through even through this camp. Like, I'm at, like, 180 right now, which going two weeks in is a pretty pretty good place to be at, you know. I mean, we lose four or five pounds this week, and, and we're within striking distance for next week. Um, you know, and, I mean, there's been times where I've cut 10 pounds the night before, so – being 10 pounds over or nine pounds over two weeks out. I mean, it almost seems like this is a too, too easy of a cut for me. Um, I'm not even cutting like last fight. I didn't even really spend any time cutting water weight. So that's good though. It's good. Yeah. But I also feel like I'm, I'm kind of weak for the weight class. I'm a little bit small for the weight class, I think. Um, Cause what do you, what do you weigh right now? 
180. 180 fully hydrated? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, yeah, I mean, my walking around weight um, when I'm just eating unhealthy and whatever I want is like 200 or like in the 190s. But that's really me not trying to watch what I'm taking in at all. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be weird. I, I think I, it's something I have to sit down with the coaches and maybe even do like a nutritionist, a nutritionist type deal with um, maybe like Mike uh, Demarcus with Demay Nutrition. Something like that where I can just kind of, I think if I have the tools in front of me, I'll be able to build something with it. But if I'm searching around and trying to do it myself, which uh, I often try and do, uh, I don't think I'll, it'll elicit the results that I want to get out of it. So, um, you know, getting it all down in front of me, I think is key. Yeah, dude, I think that's too often what people don't do, you know, for any sport that you're going to have to have weight classes and control your weight. And in plant-based too, some people would think that you'll be able to like control more of like your, your intake. But I feel like, would you say like vegetarian then or vegan? Um, yeah, I mean both of those things because uh, plant-based is, you know, you're not going to have any dairy and, and it's mainly. Because you can still have like meat and dairy in plant-based diets. It's, it's just, it's, plant like a majority of your intake is from plants and then you also have vegetarians you can have vegetarians who aren't plant-based right you know know a lot of people who are on the plant-based diet within fighting just don't eat meat like nick diaz is a is a prime example of it um so it just kind of depends on and what you're willing to give up i just think there's something that comes with like a full plant-based diet no meat at all that um kind of promotes good cardio and, and easy living a little bit more. Um, not that eating meat doesn't. I just think that there's some there's something in my brain that tells me if I'm gravitating for most of my meals to be greens and, and stuff like that, it's really just going to promote me to live a healthier lifestyle than, you know, cooking all this crap myself and doing everything myself. Yeah, because for me – I'll, uh, I'll, when I'm like really being stringent on my diet, competing, making sure like I'm weighing in good, it'll be plant-based for sure. Like a majority of my plate is, is plants, but then I have plants, meat, and I have fat all over it. Fucking pour that shit on there. Right. And, uh, I get lean as fuck. Yeah, you do. You do. But you see what I mean though? You're huge for 170. Like you're big, you're, you at 170 is what I should look like at 155. Yeah, true, true. We're, we would be, we fight the same weight class and, and you're quite a bit bigger than me, you know? Yeah, it's tough because it's like 15 pounds is, you know, it's, it's pretty big. That's yeah, a pretty yeah. big difference. For sure, for sure. Um, but again, it's just something that I think we have to experiment with and just kind of find out. Um, I think I'd have to do a lot more um, weight training too and kind of road work. Um, you okay. know, I run a decent amount now, but nothing too crazy. Um, and I, you know, I don't really do too much weight training. So that's something that would enter the fold and really change the way my body looks, I think. Um, and I think I might even look a little bit different than last fight in terms, I mean, obviously the performance is going to be different for sure, but um the way that my body is, is kind of coming 
through this time. Last time I looked very like skinny and almost like unhealthy. I did a lot of like calorie restriction. Okay. Through that one. So we'll see how it is. I feel meatier um, right now. Even at 180, I still feel, um, you know, pretty, pretty big and, and pretty able to, to like kind of get behind my punches a little more than, than I did last time around. I mean, but then again, man, like the, uh, you know, the jujitsu super fight I just had was at, I think it was at 210. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I weighed in at like 190 or something like that. But I mean, the guy I was up against was massive. Yeah, you don't have to worry about getting hammered too much. Right, at right, all. right. Yeah, jujitsu is weird, right? I mean, and the fact that like you're not, you shouldn't really be cutting weight for a jujitsu tournament. It's not worth it. And the same day weigh-ins, it's just it's kind of putting yourself at a disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, it's just like wrestling where you're weighing in like once a week or every three days. You can't really cheat the system there. You're gonna die. Right. Die out. Yeah. I mean, I, I even remember in college, there was a point in time where like my body was just not, I could not make 57 anymore. And I told Darone, like, dude, I, I can't, there's just no way, like I can't even cut the weight. I'm not even close. And then I think he bumped me up two weight classes. Oh, he did. I know. Yeah. He, I thought you wrestled at 65 at some point. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. And I remember doing like a lot better at that weight class just cause like, Holy shit. Like, oh, man, the hardest part is gone now. I can just focus on having fun out there and, and doing it, not just working every day during practice to make the weight. And you hear a lot of MMA guys talk about that too. I think that's one of like the biggest benefactors of fighting light and like jumping, jumping up a weight class, even though you may be a little bit small. But you don't have to – like a lot of these guys know how to fight already. You know what I mean? But then instead of like making level jumps – within their technique or their game plan or, or how they put stuff down, they're focusing on getting the weight out. Like Anthony Pettis is such a big proponent of that. I think he always talks about it. He's like, my, all of my practices were focused on making sure the weight was, was coming off instead of getting my jujitsu better, instead of getting my wrestling better, instead of getting my striking better. And it's like, you know, for some guys it works, some guys it doesn't, right? Like Donald Cowboy Cerrone knows how to fight already. He doesn't need to spar. He doesn't need any of this. And so does Pettis. But just I, I guess guys are a little bit – everyone's different. And um, I think that when your weight cut, like, completely dictates, di- dictates your camp, there's, like, a, there's a bit of a problem there, right, because you're really not making the, the jumps you need to make. Yeah, I don't worry about my weight until – like I'm conscious, of course, but I don't really want to worry about my weight too much until you're about like, say the last week before I have to weigh in. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, th- at that point, you're not going to learn anything no, or prepare no. any better, you know? Yeah, because that last week, I mean, you're not, your practices are pretty easy and, and mainly you should just be really doing cardio stuff uh, to jack that cardio up and then... um and get some weight off at towards the end there but i mean at that point in time anything that you've you know you're not going to get any magic lesson <laughs> at practice that you haven't picked up over the last i mean for me i've been training well, I, was, I was in the gym the day after my fight my last fight but uh, <laughs> training since may again since may you know i, I haven't really left the gym for any um extended period of time um 
trying to think. No, no, I didn't. Um, you know, no more than three days at any given time. Let's kind of dive into that a little bit. You, your last fight was in May mm-hmm. of, well, of this year. This year, yeah. And then how many, so how many months have we, it's been about six months? Yeah, six or seven. Seven, I think it's seven come the 15th. Yeah, no, what do you, Yeah, six, what, what, math, who knows. What um, do you think are like the biggest changes you've made since then? Um, well, you know, I think confidence is, is one thing, um, confidence in my grappling for sure. Um, so let's, I, I just want to like break down what I've been doing through my inactiveness in MMA is just competing a ton of jujitsu. Um, and actually today, um, December 1st of 2018 was the last time that I lost a jujitsu match and competition so since then i've gone like 19 or 20 and oh wow in my grappling matches so that in its in and of itself has been like a great confidence booster to me and then you know this submission only match that i had um was a big test i mean this guy was uh, a college wrestler with with definitely um definitely better credentials than than i and and college wrestling he was far more successful um and a three-stripe blue belt from carlson gracie so pretty close to purple belt and um you know i was able to he didn't he didn't take me down which was which was a great was a good thing there um and um you know i was able to tap him with a heel hook so that there proved to me that um I'm not really punching up as much as I thought I was that I am on the level of some of these purple belts. Um, then I can't compete with them. So especially in Nogi and Gi, it's a little different, but in Nogi, I feel like I'm, I'm right around in that level of purple belt. So that to me means that like my, my jujitsu, when I step in the cage is very, very able, I, I'm able to catch someone and you got to be careful when you're in there with me, even if you're going in for takedowns, even if you have me on my back, uh, I'm not a traditional wrestler in the fact that I'm going to panic when I'm off my back. Like you have, you got to be careful because I'm, I'm going to throw stuff up. And I think that's a huge testament to what Anthony Farrow does at Farrow Academy. Um, because my game was solely predicated upon being on top of someone and smashing them until they gave me a submission to get out of, of the pressure I was putting on them. And that's still part of my game, but now my game is like, 90% slick jujitsu and, and 10% pressure, you know? Um, and every go I do at Pharaoh's, I start on my back. I always pull guard. And that's just kind of forcing it in my head that, you know, I'm comfortable in this position now. I'm not uncomfortable here. Um, I can get the take. I know the top game already, but the bottom game is what I've been working on for the last, you know, year since I joined Pharaoh's. So I feel really comfortable there. Um, that's half the game though, right? The, the striking and also like, man, so I went to intercept MMA, which is an MMA school in, um, river forest, forest park. One of them, they're also close. I don't know. Um, and there I'm surrounded by other MMA fighters, right. And, and MMA practices, which is probably the biggest thing. Um, so we are, Constantly working striking, right? My striking, I feel, has gotten a lot better. 
Um, I think that I've been able to keep the tools that I've already brought to the game uh, in the first place and now implement them in a way that is correct and not just kind of throw them out. Um, I think I've kind of picked up on a lot of who I am as a striker, who I am as a fighter. And um, I'm super grateful for that. I mean, Danny Summers over there at um, Intercept is our head coach, and he's, he's done a really, really good job kind of showing me what, what is needed for me to make a jump in this camp. So that's been really good. And another thing that we've done there a lot is just kind of like grappling in the cage is such a big thing. And like not doing that at all in my last camp, I have no idea how I even won my fight. Cause it's such like, it's so massive, man. Like every single go you're touching the cage at some point in time, you know? So well, you guys have walls at Pharaoh's previous spot, right? Right, right. But we didn't work it enough. We didn't no. work it enough. I mean, the cage is so different too. Like, um, you know, like a lot of like when we're when we're just running and gassing it out at the end, just putting it on the gas pedal. A lot of our goes are like, all right, you, other guy starts in on you. You're on your butt back against the cage. Get up. And it's like, fuck. I didn't. I didn't drill any of this before. So this is all very new to me, but all very good too. So. I'm excited to to kind of see what the results are. Um, my opponent is is a very tough guy. Um, well, which which opponent? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, one, everybody. one of the ten. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had, I mean, how many people like dropped so, out, came back? So here's the timeline. So first fight gets announced. It's me versus Nevin Forstrom, um, and then second Nevin drops out because he. Um, pulled his bicep or something along those lines and then um, Dayton Coyle steps in who is someone who, who like, kind of called me out through Facebook oh um, interesting yeah how, how did he call so, you out he messaged me on Facebook and he said that he wanted to test himself against me so oh. uh, I you know obviously messaged the promoter and said to get this guy in there so so I can show up um, and then he decided to back out <laughs> Just cause? Uh, yeah, he said he tore his labrum, but you know who knows? I don't know. Sure, um, sure. And then we got, and this was on three weeks. This was last week that he pulled out, so this is about three weeks' notice at this point. So we're getting a little desperate here, and uh, we get someone whose opponent dropped out. They were supposed to fight at LFA or UCL or something. I don't really remember the promotion, and uh, his opponent dropped out the day of. So he was, he had already gone through a full camp and we're thinking, oh man, this is, this is going to be the guy that's going to accept the fight. I mean, he's been training, his weight's on point. He's upset that he didn't get to fight. He worked so hard and didn't get the fight. I'm sure this is the one that's going to work out. So he took the fight. Um, we, fight card announces the fight. He <laughs> likes the fight promotion post. And then like two minutes later, messages the promoter saying that, um, he shouldn't have took the fight and he didn't talk to his management or coach or something and, and drop the fight. So naturally I'm heartbroken. Um, and we'll get into, to why, uh, keep that on the docket, why this, why this is so important to me and, and kind of why this fight and this date meant so much to me. Yeah. Uh, but so we'll get back to that. Um, and then in a full complete full circle story, um, my original opponent, Nevin Forstrom, 
me and him have been talking back and forth on and um like kind of every social media platform and, and kind of became buddies out of getting announced to fight and we were just talking he's like you know what screw it i'll take the fight my my arm is healed up i think i could get ready in time so let's do it so my original opponent from three months ago is now my opponent again um so very hard to track and very stressful for me um and you know within that one of the guys wanted to fight at 165 and or 160 so it was a little tough uh to manage all this but it looks like we're in the clear now you know being only two weeks out um so is that a good thing when you're like so like getting so close to someone yeah um i don't know it's it's weird i haven't put much thought into it really i just i think it's a you know it's something it'll definitely be different than than igor yeah (laughs) last fight who i know um was going in there to hurt me and and that's 100 percent his reason i'm not saying that nevin's not doing that um, but you know, I know Igor had ill intention behind it. Not that he's a bad guy. That's just the fighter he is. Um, mm-hmm. so I think it'll be a little bit different this time, um, with that kind of feeling, but I'm not paying attention to it too much because sometimes that can get you into trouble. Um, you can be a little more tentative, a little more hesitant when, um, when you're in there with someone you, you kind of know. So, um, yeah, just, you know, keep it loose and, uh, is that your dog? No, I think that's actually my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, but yes, either way, same thing, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so, um, no editing. We leave it no in. No editing. No editing. Oh, Keep up. it real. Keep it real, man. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. It, it might be something that that plays a factor. Um, not for me though. So more for him, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So. So what what has this fight like? Wanting to fight on the fourteenth. Like, why is that so important to you? So um, recently, I had a uh, good friend of mine pass away. Um, he was involved in in an accident. Uh, they're all over the news. Um, there were two two young gentlemen that went missing, and then they found their car in a harbor um, by Lakeshore Drive. They're very young, and one of them was like a little brother to me. Um, so having the opportunity to kind of um, to do this for him, because uh, he is one of the biggest supporters of this. Um, you know, he was always the first one to ask me about grappling competitions, you know how I did he asked me what song I was gonna walk out to first guy to ask me for t-shirts first guy to ask me for tickets everything he was he was always the first guy so um you know he was a big fan of not just me but like every everything that anyone did that he knew like if you had a podcast or you were starting your own business or you were a rapper you made beats or you were a fighter anything he would check in on you and always make sure that it was known that he was a fan of what you're doing to everyone, everyone that had their own grind, their own hustle. He was the guy that like, when you thought about quitting somehow, Joey Ramos would, would be in your messages being like, bro, I love that. Keep going. And like, that was just a testament to the kind of guy he was. Um, 
So normally if I had three people drop out of this fight, I would say, fuck it, put me on a different card. Like I'll just keep training and we'll go from there. But this is so important to me, man, to just be able to, to go out there, um, get a finish and, and grab that microphone and dedicate the fight to Joey is the only thing that matters to me right now. Um, so, you know, it goes from, it's a, it's a weird transition to, to kind of have your fight camp at first be about, Hey, I'm trying to become the best amateur MMA fighter and someday pro MMA fighter that I can be. Um, and this fight is just another stepping stone to do that. The motivation changed from that to, Hey, this guy was a brother to me. This guy was a big supporter of me and he was taken from this world. And now it's my turn to show him and show everyone that we know and love that also loved him. Um, just some respect and give something back to him. Um, and do it it's almost for myself too in a selfish kind of way because um you know i, I want to give something to him i want to be able to show him that um you know that that i was able to do this and and a lot of it was the extra motivation that he brought to the table so um yeah it's definitely a, a strange situation i've never had um something like this happen um, you always see shit like this on the news and, you know, you, you never think it could happen to one to you or one, someone in your friend group. And there's just a freak accident. And, um, you know, they're, they're at a better place now, but that doesn't mean that we forget them. It doesn't mean we stop loving them. And, um, that's, that's, this is a big reason why I need this fight December 14th. I need it. Absolutely need it. Yeah, man. I'm so sorry thank you thank you that blows dude but i'm sure everyone can appreciate you kind of sharing that and like i'm sure their family his family is gonna like you know appreciate that too and i'm sure you've you know, already talked to them and yeah for sure man it, and it's tough dude like you know you go to the kid's facebook profile and it's <laughs> it's me me and him after my first fight and i'll never forget this just another quick story before we we move on to something a little more brighter but um he you know for those of you who don't know my last fight um was a bit of a war just a little bit <laughs> <laughs> um you know after after a really good first round um i kind of just waned in and, and got cracked with it with a big punch and broke my nose um and then fought through the rest of the fight and and, and won a decision um but after the fight my nose was very very broken and um Joey, you know, my, my fight t-shirts, um, which are similar to these, which are on sale now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they're white shirts and, uh, obviously my shirt has blood all over it because I'm just constantly wiping my shirt on my nose. Um, and he asked me to sign his shirt with my nose. So if you look at his, uh, if you look at his Facebook profile, you'll see me, him, and another buddy of ours, Alex Rose, um, and and then on Joey's shirt, you just see two nostril marks in the middle of his shirt. No. So it was it, it was it was it's funny that that he did that. He was the only person to ask for that. So uh, not not surprised at all by that story. But 
just a fun story to kind of remember him by. Um, but again, like that just shows kind of how supportive he was, right? He was there and he was excited about what just kind of transpired and what happened. And uh, yeah, it's tough, tough to see him go, but I know he's watching and uh, I know he's supporting. So. Damn, sounds like a dude that would take that shirt and once you made it to the UFC, he'd put it for sale. Yeah, right? He'd be like, oh, I got it. I have the shirt. It's got his blood stained <laughs> yeah, on it. Where right. else can you get that? You can't. You can't. <laughs> oh, that's killer, man. That's yeah. sweet, though, that he's the type of guy that reaches out to people because there's not a whole lot of people, whether it's someone who like likes your stuff, comments it, mm-hmm. or shares it, there's not a lot of people who just see stuff and just kind of – roll past it like a lot of us right so it's very few and far between where somebody's actually going to reach out and be like yo dude i can really appreciate you know what you're hustling towards you know keep keep going um it's just people don't take the time out of their day to like give somebody those kind of words no No, they don't and he i'm telling you man like if 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 joey knew you and and, and like for this podcast it's a perfect example you would get a message like once a month dude this was dope I keep doing it. I loved it. Like he, that was just the guy he was like, even back when I was making music, Joey like demanded that he was before it got released to the public, he would get an email like with all the beats and everything <laughs> that I was working on, like a month, monthly check-in just to like give his feedback and, and kind of let me know how he was feeling about it. Wow. And, you know, as like an independent artist and doing anything, you know, or rather it be mixed martial arts or music or podcasting or, drawing or photography or anything like that um those people those types of people are so so critical in your in in your growth um to kind of get just some honest feedback or even just to read that someone hey this is awesome keep doing what you're doing you know that's that's totally pivotal yeah and i i try to do something similar to it where it's not like that and i feel like i should do that more now that you brought him up Mm -hmm. is like once in a while I'll try to call people that I've hung out with in the past or we're close to and, you know, I haven't talked to them in a long time. I'll just give them a call just to like, you know, see how they're doing and, and check in, try to like make it random. I'll just go through my contacts in my phone and be like, man, who haven't I talked to in a while, you know, like see how they're doing. And, um, I can only imagine how many people he messaged. <laughs> I just feel right. like that's right. awesome, man. I mean, you know, and then that's a good, good thing too. Like, and you're always going to wish that uh, you maybe you maybe said you talked to someone one more time. Um, you know, you never, like I said, you never know what's going to happen, man. You just, you just, you just don't. So, um, you know, tell your family and friends that you love them and you, you cherish them every day. And just in case something like this happens, you know, always make sure that your, your last interaction was one that, that you're comfortable with. Oh, yeah, man. Tough. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't want to make this a... No, dude. I think that's important. <laughs> People want to hear that. They need to hear it, you know? Yeah. Like, if we were on a podcast and just talking about all the good stuff going on in our lives, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, every time you watch a show and there's a hero, there's a, there's a bad moment in the show, too, you know? Right, right. Or right. else you're not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, the, low, the low parts of, of life... Um, you know, pressure creates diamonds, right? So I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, everyone goes through trouble in life. Everyone goes through some low, low points. Um, but you just got to keep showing up, right? Ed? Yeah, dude, keep showing up. That's a good transition, my man. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I don't know if I'll 
Man, well, I'm gonna have to post this podcast. I think by this by this week because I was like I was looking at the um the uh, schedule for next week, and I was like, well, shit, that's only a couple days before the 14th. Yeah. People will see something on Wednesday and be like, oh, I already made plans. Right, so, so the fight is the 15th. It's on a Sunday. Oh, it's on oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they avoid Saturdays, I'm assuming, because, like, of fight cards for the yeah, UFC and stuff, yeah. right? And the UFC, I mean, they would still lose that battle this time around because the UFC card is Covington, Usman, oh. Nunes, and Duranda May, and there's one more big fight on that card. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to pump out, like, three podcasts this week. Good, good, good. Because... Uh, I'm going to, I guess I'll just let people know. I'm going to put out, I have this like 12 minute clip that's going to transition me into showing up with Edward Terrace, but I'm just going to talk about it right now because we're on it, but I'm, uh, and maybe I'll post it. I think what I'll do is I'll post my showing up clip and then I'll post yours on Tuesday or something. Well, anyway, I'm going to fill people in that way. They're not like, what the hell is this guy talking about? (laughs) I, uh, I'm switching my podcast name from the Chicago hustle to, uh, showing up with Edward Terrace and I'll, I'll go really in depth with it on the, on the podcast. If you haven't listened to the one that's posted before that, it's just a 12 minute clip introducing showing up with Edward Terrace because I feel like it resonates the best with myself, who I am, what I've done and everything that I want to do. And just the, I want to be able to post and publish content on a regular basis that has my daily struggles and successes in it so i felt like i wasn't able to be able to do that if it was just the chicago hustle and interviewing people in chicago um so i'm going to be doing you know i'll still be interviewing everybody who's kind of like on their own hustle doing their own thing so that everyone who's listening you know whether you're an mma fighter or a business owner or whatever it is like whatever it is that you show up to in life people can get lessons from that but at the same time, I'm going to be, I'm going to be posting, you know, 10 minute clips, 15 minute audio clips of just me talking about me showing up in my own life and what insights I might've got from other people like you on the podcast or clients in my own life, just because I feel like creativity is especially, I heard this from uh, someone else was like, creativity is a, it's a, um, it's an art in itself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to schedule that. And, and so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to get these like, well, I'll pull the picture so you can see it, but I'm going to get these mini little microphones that just plug straight into my phone. I don't know if you can see oh, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like, let's say I'm by myself or I'm with you or like I run into a business owner. I'm like, well, this would be a perfect, awesome opportunity to record a podcast right on my phone, which you, for anybody that doesn't know, I record all of my podcasts and publish them with anchor. I know some people don't use it because they might want to put it on their own platform someday and it might be hard to get off of Anchor, definitely do your research. But I mean, you can literally post it for free. It publishes it to everything. And then let's say I'm in my car, like this 12-minute clip I made the other day showing that I'm going to be switching my podcast from the Chicago Hustle to showing up with Edward Terrace is that like you can do it wherever, whenever. And I just, um, I guess, you know, it's just really anything that you want to do in life, as long as you freaking show up, you know, shit's going to, gonna pan out and maybe a little bit different than you thought but regardless it will right so i guess that's why i'm gonna be switching it to that yeah i think it's a great idea man and i think too like um i think that showing up mindset is 
bred in wrestlers, right? Like that, that is the wrestling mindset showing it just show up. That's it. That's all you have to do is show up. Cause I, I like vividly remember when, you know, um, to give a little like backstory. So, you know, me and Eddie wrestled at the same college and, um, when you are a freshman at Lakeland, you live, um, mostly most of the time you're living in, in the all boys dorm, right? Grosh hall. Um, and Grosh is like, you can see the wrestling room from Grosh and most of the time your room and roommates are placed accordingly with what team that you're on. Right. So when I was a freshman, um, I was across the hall from two of my teammates and across the hall from them was two more of our teammates and across the hall from them was two more of our teammates. So everyone was there. Everyone was going to practice together. And I got to tell you for, for people, for savages that love to wrestle so much, I've never heard so much complaining from everyone in the group, including myself about what going to wrestling practice and, and having to show up to wrestling practice. Like nobody wants to do it, but, like even Mitchell Fuccelli, who had to be one of the most dedicated wrestlers. He loved wrestling so much. I don't know if I've ever met someone who loved wrestling so much. Um, he, would, he would even be like, fuck, I don't want to do this today. And that's, that's the hard part though, right? To, to be great at something, you have to hate it a little bit and, and still show up. That's where you make your biggest jumps. Uh, so I think like wrestling force feeds that mindset down your throat for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, I think about, and I probably talked about this in my, the prior clip that's gonna be posted before this one is I, I remember my first 20 losses in uh, my first season of wrestling in high school, I think I had like seven wins and 20 losses and 20 of my losses were all I think 19 of them were by pin. I think I know absolutely I was pinned 19 times. <laughs> I remember the one time I was in, I was actually in Milwaukee and I got through the entire match and I was like, holy shit, I didn't get pinned. Let's fucking go. Let's go. That's awesome. But yeah, I, mean, I remember like, I was the worst. I was the absolute worst one, but like eventually other people just stop showing up and you're left there. And well, you're just better because you're there longer. <laughs> right. That's it. But you're fighting your mind too, right? Like you, yeah. uh, you're in a battle with yourself and you're always going to win, whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing. And, and most of the time in terms of like in sports, and to be honest, I don't think there are many sports where this really does work, where in wrestling, you could beat a better wrestler. In MMA, this is the same way. And I think that's why it is so, that's why wrestlers are so good at MMA, is that they both share this common like anomaly where you can outwork a more skillful opponent and win. You know, in baseball, you can't really do that. Football, I guess you can do that, but there's so much skill at play. And wrestling, like you can, you can outwork, you can be an unranked scrub going up against a top ten ranked wrestler in, in your weight class and in, in your state, and you can you can beat them. 
Like you can drag them into deep water and beat them. And same thing for MMA. You can beat someone who might have better technique than you, but you're just a dog and you're going to dog them out until they cannot operate anymore. I think Max Holloway and Jose Aldo is a perfect example of something that looks like that. Uh, Even though, you know, both aren't wrestlers. I think Aldo's striking is obviously a a little more crisp than, than Holloway's is right in the first round. He got tagged and dropped, but Max just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And then all of a sudden he's landing shots that he didn't land. And then, Oh, I'm still here. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, I'm still here. You're hitting me. You don't have anything left. I'm going to take your shots and give you more back. Like that ability to just rise to the occasion and just steamroll someone based off of cardio and hard work alone. That's the worst loss you can possibly get. That's the worst loss you can have. Yeah, I talked a little bit about this on my my Instagram. For anybody that follows me on Instagram, I I I, I rant for way too long on my stories, and that, I think that's why I'm taking it and putting on this podcast. That way, it's you know more in line with where the content should actually be. But I talked about this once when I was getting ready for my last Muay Thai tournament, and uh, I just said, you know, I love competing and I love the aspect of like after we've gotten through let's say like the first or second round and we're like really starting to get into deep water and you're exhausted and i'm exhausted that's the moment i love the most because that's when i get to see who you actually are like you get to see who i am and i get to see who you are and like let's say let's see who's going to come out on top here because if we make it to this point in the fight or the match or whatever it is um i have faith that if as long as I make it there, we're going to have, um, well, not me, but you'll probably have, you know, yeah. they'll have, they'll have a problem, but that's yeah. what I, that's what I love about any martial art. Yeah. Look at my last fight, man. I think that was something that is fucking so apparent, right? Like that wrestling mindset was so apparent in that fight. Like, Oh, I got cracked, but I'm coming. I'm still coming. I'm still coming. I'm still coming. I'm, there's not, there wasn't a moment in that fight where I got hit and was like, this is just not worth it. Like, I'm not going to do this. There was n- nothing like that. It was get hit and go, 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 go. I'm taking you down. I'm going to punch you in the face now. That's it. There's no afterthought. There's no substitute for hard work. And like, honestly, I don't even, I don't even think that that wasn't learned in that camp. That was just years and years and years of being stuck in a wrestling room. And, and hating walking to practice and hating sitting on the mats before practice, but then still doing it. You know what I mean? That's just, you breed yourself. You're, we're animals. Like we're yeah. literally animals. It's, it's like so weird to say, but when you think about it in that sense, like, and that's every rest, that's so many wrestlers out there that do MMA. It's just like this inexplainable thing that <laughs> it's the end of an equation where, the the preface to the equation is a very hot room, very mad wrestling coaches, and so they're so mad. They're always mad. They're always <laughs> mad. and a stubborn wrestling partner. Because I think last thing about wrestling before I know we're try, probably driving the nail into the wood here, but one of the most frustrating parts, and I think one of the not only frustrating but also positive things you get out of wrestling is when you're on a wrestling team, okay, you are most likely drilling with the same person 
every day and at least one of your live goes is going to be with this person who knows every single setup every single move every single hitch in your step they know everything and you know everything about them so your first live go in most cases is against someone who knows everything about you and nothing happens and you just scramble and if you get a takedown it's because you work like inexplainably hard and, and and vice versa so that mindset is something that is so applicable to mma and life too and it was just you know it's going to be a grind because you know you're not going to get an easy takedown against this person dude it's the awful. worst yeah the worst stories this is gonna get i'm gonna like get into something a little bit i know we're going down this like wrestling rabbit hole but i can't help myself and uh this is gonna get like a little graphics so anyone that doesn't want to like listen to it uh it's not like super graphic but it's just honest is um hold on a second i'm adjusting my camera here but uh wrestling is like there was this tournament that we had and michael mike i should say mike on mike derone He's at uh, UW Platteville now. I'm going to share this story with him because I don't think I ever told him. Yeah. But so, if, Mike, if you're watching this, thank you so much for this experience. We had this tournament at Concordia, Wisconsin, and we all wrestled like shit. And then that was one of those practices we got to on Monday. And he uh, he was way too calm. I was like, we're fucked. We're all fucked. And uh, – <laughs> He's like, all right, so what we're going to do today is I'm going to pick certain people out and you're all going to do live goes for the entire like two hours or whatever it was. And so basically we were shark tanked, right? One person's in and each one of those persons that got picked out from the group of the people who did maybe the shittiest has five people who are going to cycle in on them. And we're like, we're on like the 150th go for anybody that doesn't know what a go is. It's like, you go one minute, go live with somebody and they cycle in the other person. So you're going, I was going, it was like the 150th go. And right before then, I was so exhausted. And coach was like, all right, Eddie, one more. And I was I can't. I coach, and literally my, I was going to shit my pants. I was going to shit my pants. And he's like, Eddie, you got to finish this. In that moment, I just kind of accepted that I was going to shit my pants because... <laughs> I'm the type of guy where if I get exhausted, I told my MMA coach this, Brian Gasway. I was like, if I ever run to the bathroom, it's not because I got to puke. It's because I'm going to shit my pants. I don't puke in practice. I crap my pants. And then I did that last go. Sure enough, I shit my pants. Oh, my God. I and they didn't give a fuck. No, they didn't give a fuck. That's fucking so hilarious. That's so funny. Oh, my like, God. That's how much they push you. They don't care. They don't care, dude. They do not care. Granted, I didn't tell him, hey, I'm going to shit my pants. Right. Maybe he would have let me stomp, but um, I don't feel like he would have cared. I'll share one, uh, one more story. One more story for that, <laughs> and then we're done. So in high school, okay, in high school, we uh, are my coach, uh, Mike Fumagalli, who to this day, I, all of this MMA success now and forward is he plays a massive role in what, what I'm able to do now. Um, so – a preface to this story is a thank you, but um, after hearing it, you'd be like, why would you ever thank someone that, that did that? Um, yeah. So we were going up against, this was the first time I was called up to varsity. So it was my junior year. Um, we had a quad. And for those of you who don't know, a quad is like three teams come to your school 
and um, you know we each kind of duel each other until we've gone through each team and then you go home. Um, and, and when you have a home home quad, you got to clean up all the mats and all that bull crap, and it takes forever when you're exhausted after the meet. Um, so just keep that in mind. But we <laughs> we had one in, one team in particular. Um, and actually, Fumagalli wasn't even the head coach at this time. Uh, Jason Potter was the head coach, who was like a legend in Illinois wrestling. Um, but so he hated this school. He hated this one school in particular, and they ran legs. Uh, for those of you who don't know what legs are, it's like uh, it's basically someone has your back with, with both hooks in. So their legs are in between your hips and ribs. Um, and they ran legs, and we drilled leg defense all week, and about everyone but two people got pinned with a leg combination. <gasps> oh, no. And, and, and that was the last meet of, a, of an already shitty performance from us. Um, so I remember – First of all, thinking like this is bullshit because this is my first time called out to varsity and I gotta deal with this. (laughs) And second, I remember um, him telling one of the, not the assistant coach, but like one of the auxiliary coaches to go grab the like bin or like rolling bin of towels, which is not to wipe off our sweat, but instead to torture us. Um, So. First of all, our parents are there, like, watching, because this is a home meet. Um, and he, after the meet, we all get on a knee on the mats, and he says, everybody, go upstairs to the third floor hallway, and we'll talk there. And we're like, oh, what could this mean? Oh. And uh, so we go up. Uh, our parents did not tell anything to our parents. All of our parents are still waiting. Um, and our hallways at Leiden, um, for those of you who went to Leiden, you know just how long those hallways are. Are you finicking with something? Yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, you can tell how, how nervous the story makes me. So uh, our hallways are very, 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 very long. Um, like, gosh, I can't, even, I can't even put a number on it. They're, they're probably like maybe the length of a football field, a little shorter. Um, from end to end the very very long hallway okay and um, what he had us do is we just did towels we just clean the hallways all the way back <gasps> you get in a bear crawl and you put your hands on the towels you just oh. down and back <laughs> and we did this for about 45 minutes straight and like th- you're seeing grown like high, senior senior high school boys crying uh, because of the, the how intense and hard this was um, and then I'll never forget we're about like 20 sprints in which is a lot and because um, it's down and back you know it's a lot of it's just a lot of leg stuff and uh, I'll never forget my, my coach Mike from a guy <laughs> uh, to this day I'll have to ask him I'm going to send him this clip once you post it and ask him is yeah this- did you do this? Um, so we're, we were all standing there. We're taking like a 15-second break. And he pulls out his phone, and he's like, yeah, hello? And it's like, this is, it's like noon at this point. Not noon. It's like 1 or 2 o'clock. Right? He's like, yeah, hello? Hey, um, I made uh, dinner reservations with my wife tonight. 
I just wanted to let you know that I have to cancel them. I won't be there in time. And then he hung up the phone and all of us were like, no, oh. he just canceled his dinner plans. We're going to be here forever. Oh. <laughs> it was the worst. And uh, I think we maybe did like 10 more, 15 more goes after that. And like, so I don't really, I think he might've just done it to just scare the shit out of us. Oh. <laughs> God, it was the worst day. I remember like looking in the mirror afterwards when I got home after I showered and just thought to myself, that was the worst day of my life. I can't believe I just went through that. That was <laughs> the worst day of my life. I hated that. Oh, <laughs> um, bro. So, so angry. Yeah, so angry. I just never forget that. Hey, hello. Yeah, I had dinner reservations with my wife. Cancel them. I won't be there on time. I have children to torture. Yeah, hangs up the phone, and all of us are just like collectively depressed. <laughs> it's so bad, so bad, man. So Sometimes bad. I would think about things, and I don't, I didn't think about it then because I thought I was like so old. But now I look back, I'm like, bro, I was 14 years old, yeah, bro. Right. Why are you being so hard on me? <laughs> yes, yes. But dude, I I could not be more grateful though. I really, oh yeah, really couldn't like. If you would have told me that I would be grateful for those, for those, uh, you know, opportunities to, to suffer, I would have slapped you in the face. But now, I mean, they just, it's like I have a bank account with a million dollars in it, you know, like those, not even a million, because it's priceless. Those situations and, and those situations that, um, that you just, that you had to go through, you're forced to go through um they never stop paying off they really don't so i think it's a testament like if you're in high school right now and you're wrestling or you're in college right now and you're wrestling if you're in college right now and you're wrestling you already know this but if you're in high school and you're wrestling and like you're teetering between quitting and not quitting just because of how hard wrestling is and that's a this is like as you can tell eddie has stories like this i have stories like this this is not like a team to team thing. This is a sport wide thing. Like this is not a, everyone, every wrestling team goes way too hard uh, in their training. And that's because the sport is very hard. So if you're someone right now who, who's going through the early stages of wrestling and you're teetering between quitting and staying because of how intense the workouts are, don't because it's going to pay off. Not just if you're going to become a fighter, not just if you're going to grapple later on, but in life, you know what I mean? You'll be, I guarantee you, you'll never sit in an office and someone will yell at you and you will always think, oh, I've had much worse days than this. <laughs> <laughs> like you will always have that in your back pocket. I guarantee you. I guarantee yeah. You. No business encounter. Do I ever feel fear? Like no, that's no. the last thing I'm worried about. No. Yeah. It's just, oh God, man. And that's the thing too, is there's no, there's no belt levels. It's like, oh, we're not going to put the blue belt. I'm, not, I'm sure this doesn't happen, but right. you know, it's not like, oh, we're not going to compete against that guy for you. Cause he's a blue belt. Like, no, if he's going to kill you, that's who you get today. That's get it. In there. Sorry. <laughs> like I remember times being like ready for a tournament. They look at the name on the thing and the guy, my coach is like, Ooh. Yeah. You're gonna get fucked up. Dude, my first tournament like um with the big dogs in high school we went to michigan and my first match i had a buy and i was like oh i got a buy that's awesome oh thank god i the buy led me into someone else who had a buy and that someone else was mark hall 
And uh, you know who Mark Hall is? Oh, yeah, Russell yeah, the OTC. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and he just absolutely – He, I, I don't think he attacked me. I think he beat me 12 to nothing. But he just fucking killed me. And I was like, this is my first taste of what of – what, and for those of you who don't know, Mark Hall is like – he's an All-American, National All-American, right? Yeah, he national champ, and then he just had. I think they just dueled with the Sun Devils. Um, I think so. But yeah, he's he's a bad Penn State, motherfucker, right? Penn State. Yep. Yeah, just just an absolute animal. That was that, that was the moment when I met Mark Hall, when I realized that somebody at that caliber or level of wrestling was human, because I was sitting next to him and he was playing Clash of Clans. I was like, ah, oh, fucker's human. Yeah, Clash of Clans. <laughs> that's so that's so humanizing. And he was so serious too. I was sitting there and I was all jolly and I was like I was like, Hey, so uh you play Clash of Clans, huh? Mm-hmm. And he's like, looks over at me. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking leave me alone. I'm trying to overtake this other community. Yeah. That's probably your community too. He like found you and took it over. Fucking like kill this noob. Yeah. There's levels to this shit, man. There's levels. It, when you coach the rest, because you coach wrestling at uh, Faro Academy, yep. like, do you just no? So, uh, oh yeah, during live goes yeah. yeah. But um, what you know now that we have the technique down, um, it's tough, right? Because a lot of people do jujitsu for fun. Yeah. <laughs> and wrestling is not fun. Um, <laughs> no. So it, in attempt to not scare away all of my class, I have to make sure that I keep it somewhat fun. Um, but we are now trying to fold, I'm starting to fold in more intense drilling. Um, with yeah, that's important. To every wrestler is like, drilling, gross. Like, yeah. I fucking hate drilling. But, like, um, actually, this is, um, this is a good, good segue. So Elias came to... Um, yeah yeah elias came to intercept and and had us do some drills um and one of them i had to cut over my eyes so i couldn't really do much but i was able to drill with elias um he was just really like cognizant of where where his body was going but we did a drill um where we're just kind of either from a muay thai clinch or like a you know like standing up 50 50 position i have my hand around his head he has my hand his hand around mine and just drilling takedowns no finishes, takedown, 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 takedown. And I can do that all day long because I've drilled it a million times in my life. But some of the other MMA fighters are like, dude, I fucking hate that. I hate doing that. But they can strike all day long, and I can't. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do striking drills for three hours long. This one kid, Amin, at our gym. he can do, Yes. Mm-hmm. He can do – how do you know how to say his last name is beyond me, but – um i did he, the announcing side oh, to make sure right. i didn't sound like an idiot first of all he is an absolute animal i mean is a fucking animal and he can do striking drills at 100 percent go that's by the way if anyone from intercept is listening to this you know that a means percentage that he goes is always 100 <laughs> percent. no matter what we were doing a drill once where you just place head kicks on someone just to get your like angle right and me and him were going and he just throwing it at my head ribs ones where you're just holding your arms up and you're just like supposed to step out and land your liver kick just nicely nicely rip i mean stop 
he just he can't dude everything he does is is hard he's a savage but he can do those striking drills all day and because it's natural to him he's done it he's put in the time he's put in the effort for us the wrestling drills are just like that so trying to get that in to my students minds at pharaoh is a big thing i think dude i i love amin shamaniac because um for for this reason alone so he fought uh matt quigley Mm-hmm. which he trains with you at Fair Academy. Yeah. Uh, he has his own uh, t-shirt company. Shout out. Um, trials and tribulations. That's right, my man. Yeah, yeah, trials and tribulations. He was on the podcast. You can go find it a couple back. Just search it. But, uh, well, yeah, just take a look at it. But when he fought Matt, his prior two fights before Matt were against wrestlers, I believe. And he lost to both of them. He got taken down. He got ridden out. And um, this was a, the first time, I believe, when he fought Matt, when he was able to defend the takedowns and he was able to stay on his feet. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he finished the fight with strikes. Yeah, I think – well, I think he ended up – he might have even taken Matt down. I don't remember. But he, and, he kept getting up. He, like, just kept getting up over and over again. And that really discouraged Matt, I think. And that's the thing. When you're fighting a wrestler like that – if like a guy on my team we were working on you know just as soon as you get taken down like getting your butterfly hooks creating separation getting back to your feet just technical stand-ups you know and he's kind of had that struggle too where every time he's fought a wrestler he hasn't been able to get back to his feet but when i see somebody who's not traditionally a wrestler he's more of striking oriented but he keeps taking on wrestlers for fights and finally figures that code out i'm like love that guy because he just kept showing up against wrestlers you know it's just like i love that but that's what amateur is supposed to be about right like amateur is about learning lessons it's not really about winning it's not really about you want to get out of amateur the best fighter you can be with as many lessons as you can possibly learn um you know committed to brain because once you turn pro, it doesn't matter what you did at amateur anymore. None of it matters. If you're undefeated, good for you. Here's, here's a top 10 guy in the Midwest. You know what I mean? Like, it just does not matter. You could be one in eight at amateur. Well, you can't be one in eight and, and move on to pro. But yeah. you, can, you, know, you, can be, you can have a losing record, but those last couple fights, you were just, just sharp and knew exactly what you needed to do to win the fight and you can make a career of yourself you know what i mean you just amateur is really 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 predicated about learning lessons and i think that's something that amin is doing every fight and that's why he's he's gotten so good it's just he he learns every, with every fight comes a lesson even if you win you win or you learn right so i think uh yeah that's definitely something that amin is, is doing yeah and i know like um i was like you know the next fight that i'm gonna take you know probably being a wrestler i was like i have to take a muay thai fight i just i knew from watching my last fight that i just i had to be put in a situation in which i had to use those skills right because it's like if you're a better wrestler than somebody and you're fighting plan a is plan a you're gonna do that unless you run into like better wrestler than yourself um it's you're not gonna like have to show those other skills and i was like i want to like take this time to develop develop that and i think that was important 
You also, I, I forgot to ask you this too. You also fought one of our teammates in Intercept too. Henry trains in Intercept. What? Henry yeah. trains there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, how's he doing? I haven't seen him for a while. I, actually, he has not been there since I've been there. But Dan, I mean, that's Danny's his coach uh, over there. So. so he switched over from frick, Victory MMA. He was at Victory MMA. Well, Victory and Intercept are the same thing. So Victory, it used to be, it used to be Victory, and now it's oh. Intercept. Yeah. Damn. So have you trained with him at all? No, no, no. I haven't trained with him. Um, so I've trained over there. My, my main training partners are Amin, mm-hmm. um, Max Urban, who I know you know because he always fights at Fight Card, um, and um, Pierre, Pierre Walters, who's like an absolute animal, a 205er. He's a pro fighter. Um, okay. And he is, he's so good. Look, keep your eye out for Pierre because Pierre, like, I feel like he's going to be on the contender series knocking someone out soon. Like, he's so, so, so good. And he's huge for 205. Like, huge, huge. Like, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, nice, dude. You know, when I got done fighting Henry, which was, wow, a year and a half ago already, um, I was like, man, I want to go, like, train with him like we could like trade information you ever think that'd yeah. be a weird thing like Dude, you fight no. somebody danny asked me um to have you come in anytime you want so, yeah, <gasps> oh i would love to yeah you got to come in one of our saturdays uh we do when we do a uh, fight team training uh 10 a.m to noon yeah dude so a year ago i got this like notification on facebook and i was like oh a memory and i seen this photo and it was like literally the day i threw my back out and i was like oh that's the day i threw my back out last ah. year <laughs> So like one year ago today, I threw my back out, but the past couple weeks I've been, since I've been, you know, training since my Muay Thai tournament, I've been, uh, throwing in some more jujitsu and stuff. Good. But the disc, the L4, L5 disc in which I had my micro discectomy on a while ago, um, it's just not the same. So like if I come and train there and my, my let him know that my back might like, at one point I might need to stop cause it's still not yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, people work around that too, but yeah. it's weird, right? It, it is like, especially with grappling is so back heavy. Oh my God, um, dude. And, and especially against the cage, right? Like, dude, I, I, if it was appropriate to take off my shirt and show you right now, like my back is filled, filled with bruises from the cage. Like I have bruises all across my shoulder blades from either getting dragged down the cage or takedown or like fighting off the cage and scrambling. Like it's all ripped up. It's ridiculous. Damn. And do you guys Sundays, so you do fight team trainings at like uh, sparring with MMA? Uh, so on Saturdays, we just kind of, we do, we do a bunch of stuff. We do a bunch of stuff. Uh, it just kind of depends on the day. It's just all MMA predicated stuff though. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I, the dope thing about the striking is literally no, there's not really any back that's um, yeah. incorporated. I really have to go see a therapist because I'm like starting to get depressed to the point where like I've been doing a bunch of striking because I want to learn, but mm-hmm. now I'm starting to get that normal itch of wanting to grapple and stuff. And I've been so reluctant to take a MMA fight because I was like, I'm going to get halfway through training cramp. If I throw my back out, I'll be out for a month. Yeah, don't worry. You can drop out of fights. Three people did to me. <laughs> yeah but i would be i would be pretty bummed out because like right. if somebody did that to me i'd be like you son of a bitch you know right no 100 percent. so i'd want to be like 
physical therapy is good. I don't feel weakness in my back. I'm like, okay. Cause the amount of the type of training that I, my body, I'm going to put my body through. I know I, it would, my body would break down. I couldn't. Right. And like everyone's does, you know, like if yeah. you, if you don't have an injury during fight camp, you didn't train hard enough. You know, that's the thing. So if you, if it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird board to walk on, right? Like you got to teeter in between what's an injury and what's being hurt. You can nurse an injury. You can fight with an injury, but you shouldn't if you're hurt. And speaking of hurt, my ears hurt so bad from these headphones. Dude, Dude don't they after a while? Did you see me take my headphone off and like rub my ear? Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, like cauliflower kind of coming in. Uh, both of them, I have like bruising right now. And it's like, oh. a, little, a little tough. A little tough to listen to. So you guys spar on Saturdays, huh? Um, yeah, or training? Yeah. yeah, yeah. More training than anything. But we do do a, a good amount of stand-up stuff in the beginning with like big gloves and shin guards on. So that would probably be something that we can do for sure. Yeah, I could probably I could probably step in one of these Saturdays. That would be fun, bro. I would love to help in any way that I can. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'll be there this Saturday and next Saturday. <laughs> nice. Well, cool. This has been awesome, man. Yeah, uh, yes. I think we're already going almost an hour and a half here. Oh, so where where are we gonna find? I know your T-shirts are they're on sale. Are we gonna have a Cyber Monday sale with that bad boy? Cyber Monday. If I go much lower than the price they're at right now, I'll make zero dollars. So bastard, we can't be having that. You know, I'll just I'll mark it up. Um, they were ten dollars. Now they're ten dollars. Get them now. Boom. Cyber Monday sale. Um, I'll sell them in person. Tyler Monday sale. <laughs> nice dude so <laughs> instagram is this still longfellow jones no now it is ty underscore jitsu um oh yeah so, you changed yeah. it so hit me up uh, or you can message me on facebook um just is it uh, underscore underscore though it looks like there's two underscores two underscores i'm sorry so ty underscore underscore jitsu um because i am a jiu-jitsu athlete oh and look at that buy tickets here down arrow make sure to no, choose my no. name no uh don't do that because that well, you, you got to take it off your page, bro. I know, I know that's for tap cancer out. Good. Um, oh, yeah. tickets. Uh, I would actually prefer if you bought them from me personally uh, because I get that commission uh, immediately as opposed to like the uh, online ticket sales. It kind of takes a little bit. Um, so I do have a bunch of physical tickets left. Uh, general mm. admission, they're thirty dollars a pop, and um, general admission's really fun because there's just a giant group of people who. Uh, are out there to support me as well so you'll be seeing the t-shirts floating around you just kind of snuggle in next to 30 to 40 others um Ooh. but i listen i do love the support and I, I hope everyone can come out i think it's gonna be a great night um so hit me up for tickets and t-shirts and uh yeah we're, we're we're going out and we're gonna get this done all right tyler t-bone jones thank you so much see you thanks for having me Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Showing Up with Edward Terrace. If you or someone you know would like to be on our podcast, head to our Instagram at showingup underscore podcast and fill out the link in our bio. If you'd like to follow my pursuits further, you can head to my Instagram at Edward Terrace or watch my weekly vlog on YouTube.